Hi and welcome to the Girl Next Door podcast. I'm your host Renee Bennett and this is a leadership podcast for ordinary girls compelled to lead an extraordinary life. Make sure you come and find me on social media, girlnextdoor.podcast. Well, hello, hello everyone. We are back for our third episode of Youth Ministry Collection. And guess who's back? Guess who? Who? The one, the only. <laughs> Cameron's come back. Apparently we are entertaining you guys with our the way that we banter Is that right? to one another. Apparently so. Apparently so. Okay. Hey, everyone. Hey, babe. Hey. Yeah, you only just got home. Hello. How are you? <laughs> we'll catch up on our day in front of everyone. Okay, guys. So we are going to talk about, we've been talking all things youth ministry and how to have an absolutely life-changing, world-changing, banging youth ministry. Now, I want to cast our mind back a really long way, babe. Okay. Ni- 1996. Great year, 1996. I know we were about two and three years of age in 1996. No, not kidding. Not kidding. We weren't. Now, do you remember anything about 1996? Um, I was out of school three years earlier. <laughs> You know, you're just giving your age right mm-hmm. away. No, that's this is very disappointing. I was a uh, I was a connect group leader, and I remember uh, Alex Attard, I think it was, who was our regional leader, came up to me. No, it might have been Russell. It might have even been Russell. Said, "Hey, I've got a new assistant for you," and it was that guy over there. And I look over, and it's this strapping, handsome, six foot two. Just come six out of football. Three. You are not six foot three. Just come out of football, Cameron Bennett. I was intimidated. Why? Well, because you were tall and sporty and good looking, and I was nerdy, and not sporty. <laughs> oh my goodness, that's not true. But anyway, the point to say, I was your uh, connect group leader, and you were my assistant. Yes. And that's how you began your leadership 1996. journey under me. Yes. I've been leading ever since. I'm kidding. You are So this is your segue to connect groups. (laughs) Yes. Okay. So what we're going to talk about is are the 10 best, the 10 things the best squad leaders do. Okay. So do you want to maybe just start off and talk about why squads, now we're going to use the word squads, but we mean connect groups, why they're so important to a youth ministry? Absolutely. Well, at the end of the day, there's a lot of focus with the um, the youth ministry on the Friday night program, outreach, going into schools, and that's all great. But we want to disciple young people. Mm. And so, and we want to make sure that we're giving them appropriate pastoral care. We want to make sure that we're looking out for them. Mm. And the best way we've, we've been able to do this over the years is making sure we've got a very strong cell group, connect group, or squad system. Yeah. And that's where the delivery of the care happens. That's where the delivery of the discipleship happens. That's where mm-hmm. the one-on-one um, relationships are strengthened. And mm-hmm. that's that's basically, at the end of the day, you can't just have connect groups and not the large-scale Friday night program. Yeah. I yeah. think they both go hand-in-hand. Hand. Yeah. The, and the, some... sm- the small group can accomplish what a 
large gathering can't and vice versa. Yes, agreed. And some people might look at the highlight reel of public youth and go, oh my gosh, like Dreamville's where it's at and and the event that we run every second Friday night, by the way, because we've got our squads happen on the off Fridays. That's right. But our squad and our small group breakdown is just as important as our Friday night program. And just as well attended. And just as well attended, yeah, yeah, because we place a lot of value on that. And there's quite a few reasons, which we'll break down in just a moment. So we're going to go through the 10. I hope, do you reckon we can make it? Absolutely. Okay, we can do this. We can do this. All right. Uh, Do you want to do the first one or do you want me to do the first one? You go for it. Okay. The first thing that the best squad leader does is they flourish in their own walk with God. Okay, so you know the whole scripture, imitate me as I imitate you. Can I just say, guys, you are the greatest role model to young people. And as a parent myself, teenagers hit this age where they don't want to so much listen to what their youth, um, to what their parent says, but they will listen to what their youth leader or their youth pastor says. And so you guys are absolutely invaluable. So when you have a strong relationship with God and you are leading out of that, that is one of the best, that is the best thing that you can do when it comes to young people, besides the fact too, that it keeps you fresh and it keeps you strong because you can't lead out of an empty well, so to speak. So that would be my number one. And also your lifestyle is important. You living a godly lifestyle is really important because young people, whatever uh, standard you set, they'll come a little bit kind of under that. And so your lifestyle is so important. So that's my number one is the best squad leaders flourish in their own personal walk with God. Number two. Number two. Need to make sure that we actually use the, um, the squads to train other leaders. Oh my gosh. Squads are leadership making machines. Absolutely. So so we have put structure in place around making sure that this happens intentionally, mm. where each group has a leader, each group has an assistant leader, yeah. and then each group also has leaders in training, whatever name you want to... Like a junior leader. Yeah. But what we don't do, let me just say the opposite, because a lot of youth groups do this, they'll have two leaders run a squad. Like instead of a leader and an assistant. Yeah, and I think that's well intentioned, but we've always seen that anything with two heads is a monster. <laughs> and so, so I don't think of it like that. At the end of the day, leadership has to land with someone being ultimately responsible. Yeah, because that's what makes you grow and become a great leader. Correct. And so within that, we need to make sure that in our 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 squad groups that we're being intentional around training around the study or the teaching Mm. or how to pray, um, making sure that we're um, making each other accountable from the assistant to making sure that the the kids that they're actually following up on and pastorally caring for and discipling that they're actually being accountable. Yeah, So the leader is making the assistant accountable to them, but in small increments. So with a certain, like you might give them a certain number of the young people to look after. You might ask them to uh, uh, to organise one of the nights. You might ask them to organise um, a devotion. Correct. So you're you're slowly giving them the responsibility that they would have if they were the full blown leader, but you're training and teaching them yeah. as you go. So at the end of the day, that training is taking place because you're seeing leadership in them that they're going to go on and they're going to run their own squad in the future. Yeah. Same with the junior leaders. So everyone's in training and everyone's 
being developed. Yeah. So what should happen, this was kind of our aim, would be after 12 months, your squad should be at a, at a big enough size that you can split it into two. And then you as the leader take one half and now your assistant steps up to be the leader of the other half. Correct. And then you get new assistants or the junior leader becomes the new assistant. And so you're actually growing the leadership team at the same time that you're growing the squads and therefore the youth ministry. Correct. And so everyone thinks that that a growth strategy is outreach Mm. and getting all the kids saved from within the schools. Which is good. That is absolutely one. But this this here is actually building depth, building disciples, building strength in young people's faith and their following of Jesus. So that's equally as strong. So these kids actually go on in faith. Yeah. Okay. Number three. Oh, this is a hot topic of mine. A great leader, a great squad leader, treats their host house and the host with extreme respect. Now, anyone that's gone through the academy will know this is a hot topic of mine. A lot of parents don't want to have squads in their homes because, um, you know, they think that, you know, young people might not look after the house or they just come in and they trash it. We need to take the best leaders, take responsibility and... I'm talking practical things here. So big shout out to the Watts family who used to host my squads years ago. I reckon for six or seven years in a row, I had squads in their house. Wow. Mrs. Watt passed away though. That was really sad. I loved her. Mm. Um, She's a beautiful lady. Yeah, she was beautiful. Mr. Watt is amazing. But we used to, I used to get the kids to take their shoes off before they came in the front door. They would always come in and say hello to the host team, to Mr. and Mrs. Watts. We would uh, all stay in the one room. There was no running around the house everywhere. We all brought food and then we left the extra behind, which I think was Mr. Watts's favourite yeah. because he ate all the leftovers. We would wash the dishes together at the end. We vacuumed. We left the house better than how we, um, than how we came in, if that was possible, because they were clean people. Well, and, but and, Well, you think how many... Parents would be risk adverse to open up their house to that many teenagers, but yeah, when you look after it to. like that, the totally you're guaranteeing that you've got a space for young people to hang, guaranteed totally. going into the future. And if parents haven't taught that to their teenager, then leaders, we need to do it. We need to teach them. Okay, number four. This is a good one for you. Okay, we need to make sure that our squad leaders are absolute bosses at pastoral care. Yes. And so that is... Pastoral care is about creating a space where you're actually speaking into young people's lives. You you understand their concerns, you understand their fears, you understand their highest hopes, their dreams, what's going on in their world, what mm. sporting activities, what mm. are their hobbies. So you're taking a genuine interest in them as a as a young person, but at the same time, you're actually pulling out the call of God in their heart and in their life. Sorry, I'm getting the giggles because because you're so serious. This is serious stuff here. This is the discipleship and the development of young people. I know, but you're actually so funny by nature. Oh, wow. That you get into this lecture mode and you're really serious. And so it's just making me laugh. I'm trying to equip the saints. That is so true. And and we can we talk for a minute around accountability with pastoral okay. care? Because some people don't understand, like, why do you need a spreadsheet? Why do you need a database? Well, people might not even know that. Yeah, okay. So, so we actually dissect and break the youth ministry down into, I guess... We use Google Docs. Yeah, and, and to, to make sure that um, every living room leader, or every squad leader, sorry, is... Um, <laughs> oh, he's such a senior pastor. <laughs> ...is making sure that they're they're looking after the 
the young people that are in their care. So we set up spreadsheets to make sure that there's... Well, we put, there, we put them in... And in the spreadsheet down the bottom is a tab for each connect group, each squad. And then if you click on one of those, you're going to know the squad leader, the assistant, and the junior leader, and then all of the young people's names and their details that are under their care. And then we've literally got columns like who's contacted them via, like maybe via social media, social media, a phone call, who's done a phone call, who's done a pastoral, um, you know, like a one-on-one, not a one-on-one, but a visit somehow outside of. Sunday church and, activity. Yeah, and then have has the young person, have they come to squads and have they come to youth? Um, and the reason for that is we think we know our You've young people. You've taken over my point. Oh, sorry, you go. So um. this, the, the, <laughs> the reason we put that in play is because we actually want to make sure that we're not just giving people a title and a role and a responsibility and we're not monitoring it or checking up. That level of accountability is not to... Um, make sure that people are doing their job or not. It's to make sure yeah. that the care of young yes. people is actually taking place. So that that spreadsheet, that document, yeah. is facilitating to make sure that care is done yeah. well. And so within that, you can identify, well, these five kids are getting heaps of time with the yeah. leaders and these poor five kids are getting nothing. Yes. And so you can actually recorrect the way you're reaching young people and the way you're pastorally caring for them. Yeah, so, but you excellent. Got, yeah, so let, let's keep moving on. Okay, number five. Maybe we can do this together. But uh, a leader, a squad leader who is fantastic at leading squads understands how to minister to young people's hearts. Absolutely. We're, we're really big on heart, right? Like it's not just running, being a leader in a youth ministry is not just a tick and flick, you know, tick the box, done this, done that, done my call, it's got a young person. just herding them into a program. No, it's actually about really loving young people and understanding what's going on in their world, what's going on in their life, how are they doing, and ministering Jesus to, to their hearts because young people... I think more than ever before, and you and I have been in the game with young people a long time, I think more than ever before young people are really, um, uh, I don't know if they struggle more, but perhaps they they identify it more, mental health issues, you know, a generation, the more connected on social media yet has become less connected in real time. And it's really affecting a generation. And if you know how to minister to a young people's heart, a young person's heart, it will change their life. So we'll break that down a little bit more. What does that mean? Yeah. Ministering yep. to a young person's heart. Okay. So I know for me, when I would, um, I would have this kind of goal for myself that I would catch up with every person in my squad at least once in a school term. And I had a squad of about 30, 35 young people. And, um, and often I'd bring my assistant along too, or even if it was in the car or whatever it was. And I would... Not just ask the how how was your day and the how just questions. Going. Yeah, there's an art to asking questions to really like how are you going and really delving deep into their so, heart issues and they so, feel heard. Yeah, so you've got to have perception. But, yep, yep. You've got to ask the right questions. Yeah. Without sounding like a police officer checking up on fifty-five questions on why they're doing yeah. what they're doing. Yeah. But I, I've always found though with young people that. If you love and care for them, they're gonna. They're actually going to feel that. They it do. Does, it doesn't big matter time. if you are my age right now, or if you're like literally a couple of years older than them. Whether you're a businessman or, or or a pastor, if you actually genuinely care for someone, 
particularly a young person, they're going to open up when they feel they can trust you. I don't think there are any businessmen in, in youth ministry. I'm, ju- I'm just saying it doesn't matter what walk of life because yeah. sometimes people panic when they've got to speak to young people. Yeah, so they, they do. Go, quick, give us some advice. And I go, please no. don't try and be funny. Don't try no. and be something that you're not. Don't try and find out yeah. the latest song and try and weave it into your message. Or your, wear the right message. things or have the right hair. But they don't care. Just be yourself. But if you genuinely show that you care and you love for young, love young people, you'll be able to cut through anything. Yeah, so true. And I think the fact that 20, 25 years later, after running, you know, connect group squads for since I was like 19 or 20, I'm still in contact. Like I can pull out a photo right now. It's so funny with the, it looks like it's got a cool filter on it, but it's just that old. (laughs) Um, And I would be in contact with over half of those young people still to this day who are not young people anymore. And so would I. Right. Oh, you would too? I'm in more contact. That's because I trained you. (laughs) We're not competitive. Not at all. (laughs) All right, number six. Um, Okay, this is yours. Approach squad like it's family. Yeah. And um, I I think at the end of the day, young people are looking for a place to belong. They want a a place where they're heard. They want Mm -hmm. to belong to a place where they're understood. Yeah. And so so we've got to do everything when that, that, I guess, that squad group is actually functioning together. Yeah. um, That everyone's feeling safe that everyone's showing each other mutual respect, that mm. you're looking out for one another, that you've got each other's back. If someone shares something vulnerable, um, that that is protected and respected, um, everyone's not going to run out of that room and go and post it and tell everyone what's going on. Yeah. And and so so that's a place where everyone can feel safe, loved and belong. Well, I think public have this great hashtag I absolutely love, no one left behind. Yeah, leave no one behind. Oh, leave no one behind. Yeah. Do you know what it reminds me of? I know this is a funny story and I love my dogs, but when I go to take the dogs for a walk, the big dog, Kelly hates it if we leave Sophie behind. But when we do put Sophie's lead on, Callie will grab her lead and then bring her to me. Like, mummy, mummy, right. yeah, totally. don't leave her behind. I know that's a terrible analogy between dogs and people, but it's a bit like that. It's like, don't leave anyone out. Like, walk into the youth group on a Friday night and go, who's sitting on their own? And then make it your aim to go, I'm going to I'm going to get that young person to sit with our squad because we leave no one behind. Invite them in, bring them in. A hundred percent. And, and that, that's where that whole structure we were talking about before, the assistant and then your leaders in, in development Um that's where you teach them to make sure yeah. that you're keeping an eye on every single young person. If someone's sort of sitting in the corner by themselves, yeah. drag them, them in, in, bring them in, yeah. invite them into the conversation. And have tolerance with, with with young people that might have strange personalities. That's something I've actually had to teach at the academy because sometimes there might be someone that has, I don't know, a bit of a standout personality and you see the other people kind of roll their eyes and I'm like, we don't do that here. We don't roll our eyes at one another. We accept we people who they are. accept people for who they are. Okay, number seven. Oh, this is another good one we did this well because i like this one i like the the way we're going through it all right number seven build relationships with parents the best squad leaders build relationships with parents now i want to stress this not just as a leader myself but as a parent of three teenagers we are so grateful and parents might not always tell you but we are so grateful for you 
leaders and all that you do. I remember when Georgia first started going to her youth group and I remember getting out the car, I think just to sign her in or something, and five girl leaders came up and gave me a hug. And I remember thinking, and I knew some of them, you know, by sight, I guess, um, but others I didn't. They introduced themselves and I thought, my daughter's in the right place because these people, they're switched on girls. They've got good manners. They're not just embracing my, the, my, my child. They're embracing our whole family. So don't be intimidated by the parents. Move toward them. Go and talk to them on a Sunday. You know, give them a call. If you pick their, their, their young person up, just pop by the door and go, hi, Mrs. So-and-so, how are you doing? Like build relationship with them. And I'm telling you, parents will love you forever and ever and ever and ever. Amen. A firm handshake and eye contact. Yes, so important. Like they, they sound like basics, but that's a reassuring yeah. handshake, a reassurance yeah. of your young person is in a safe place, yeah. eye contact, you've got nothing yeah. to hide, yeah. it, you're welcoming, and um, that yeah. sounds a bit odd to say that, but that means a lot. That that reassures parents as they're dropping young people off at a home where there's a squad going on, youth group on a Friday night. So, yeah, all right. I agree. So right, let's number, go number eight. Number eight. Um, contact. No, um, you're sorry. reading that wrong. Have sorry. you got your glasses on? I've got on? my bifocals on. Oh, my on. Lord. So, <laughs> you've got your glasses on and you still can't read it. I'm still learning how to use them. <laughs> Connect the squad into the youth and church. Right, so, and don't just bang on about church here now that you're a lead pastor. Hey, I've you're been the <laughs> biggest advocate of making sure that Friday night is technically Sunday church for young people. So it's, it's not any less devalued in our environment. No, in fact, we launched our youth ministry before the church. Yeah, and so the reason we actually put a youth ministry on is to cater for a specific demographic around an mm. age. Yeah. So we need to make sure that we're actually connecting them, not just from the, the squad where they're gathering, you know, for our, us it's on a fortnightly basis on that off Friday night, but we want to want to connect them back into the larger vision of the local youth ministry mm. so they can actually celebrate all that's going on and connect in with the the rest of the the community but then on top of that we want them to connect back into the to the church because at the end of the day on the on the Sunday because at the end of the day we've got these young people for 5 years we want to see them go on yes. and and continue to grow in their walk with God and yeah. have great influence and be all that they're called to be yeah. and so we want the senior pastors influence over them we want the rest of the adult congregations influence into them and yeah. so we've got uncles and aunties and mums and dads all around them, not just rolling in into a house once a week. That's right. But also statistically, where young people drop out of church is after youth group into that young adult space. That's a massive transition. That's, that's when they start university, they start working full time. And that's when a lot of them start questioning uh, or they often start questioning their Christian faith, especially because they'll go to university, they start to hear other things. External it's a really important time. Um, I was on a panel last year for Barna Research when they put out their uh, their findings around why um, the young generation are dropping off and which churches are doing it well and why in some spaces it's it's growing and in others they're dropping off. And I think this is an important part of it, that they need to not just be... Uh, connected to to youth group um, and into squads, but into into a, a whole church community. Yeah, and particularly when they're going like year 10, 11, and 12. Yeah. And that's where you can incentivize them. Well, let's all go and sit together at church. Yeah. And 
stack the front rows, create an atmosphere yeah. of, of a youthfulness within the yeah. life of a church and really add value to, the, I guess, the faith yeah. community on a Sunday. A lot of our year 12s stay and become leaders the following year too. True. Okay, number nine. Is it my turn? I think it's my turn. Okay, we're nearly there, guys. Do everything you can. This is what a great squad leader does everything they can to get their young people to camps and conferences. Now, Cameron mm. and I could tell you story after story after story after story, not only in our own lives, but a lot of different people that we know um, that had an encounter with God on a camp Youth or at a conference. conference. Yeah. I mean, Mark Evans came and preached for us and told us. Remember just the other day he was remembering a, a camp that he was on where when we were his youth pastors, where God really um, encountered him about the fear that he had about because he was God a pastor's son. And yeah, God spoke to you and then God really encountered him. It's a space. Squads are amazing and beautiful. Youth group Friday night, amazing. But there's something special about all going away together on a camp or a conference. It's that spiritual intensity of yeah. all going away and mm. seeking God together. And that creates a real faith environment for God to really powerfully impact young people. Yeah. All right. We're into the last okay, one. We're into the last one. Number, number 10. Yeah. Is that your turn? I've forgotten again no, whose turn it is. It's my turn. Okay. The whole whole thing about squads um, making sure that they all roll incredibly well is the fact that you're actually doing it with other youth leaders that are also in the trenches doing the same thing with yeah, you. Yeah, so what's the point? You've got to give the point because I'm a teacher and you have to give a point. So I'm doing – it's called an intro to my point. Oh. And now I'm actually about to do it. So thanks, teach. Really appreciate this your is, assistance. This is Cameron really, and I on a Sunday when, I, when we where preach. Where would I be without you, Renee? <laughs> You, I like I said, I am your leader Gee and you are my whiz. assistant. <laughs> so, no. So, iron sharpens iron. And that's Cameron's version of saying squad leaders run together. They run together and they... And so, this is the thing. I, I ran with a pack of five other yeah. um, Guys. squad leaders mm. and we all were running in the same direction. We were all praying for our, yeah. our squad groups together. We were all... Um, we were all trying to grow our squad groups and raise up assistant mm. leaders so that they could run other groups. You were almost competitive. Like but you it was all a, tried it, to have a bigger squad than each other. Yeah, but it was a healthy competition. <laughs> it was. Because we were actually being used by God to have an impact yes. in young people's lives. And, and what's, what those, an honour. What a privilege. Yeah, 100%. And they were your best friends too yeah. Like at the time. Absolutely. And yeah, I think it's when I when I think about running a squad all those years ago, what I equally have memories of are the leaders that I ran squads with, like the other leaders that were running squads at the same time. They were well, my best friends. Absolutely. Well, let me go a little bit more on the whole iron sharpening iron. Ooh, your, your leadership's <laughs> being developed. Your problem-solving yes. skills are being developed. Your capacity to handle more responsibility is being developed. Mm. And when you're all running together... Mm. Um, and you're you're actually running in the same direction, yeah. impacting young people's lives, and God's actually using you, and you are growing as a leader. Yeah, it's you know you look out for one another, you pray for one another, you bear one another's burdens. There's disappointments that come. It's not always unbelievable. There's mm. disappointments. Some kids don't make it. They fall out of faith and and different things like that. And when you run together, you you sharpen one another up. Yeah. You take the wins and you take the losses yeah. together. And there's, there's nothing, it's amazing to be a part of a group it of is. young adults that are actually doing that together. Yeah. Iron yeah. sharpens iron. And again, the memories that we've got, you know, I mean, I remember 
you know, a, a couple of young people who passed away and we had to go to their funeral, but we all had each other. You know, I remember that was devastating to our youth Horrible. ministry. Devastating. But all the squad leaders were all together that day, you know, around the, around the whatever. The, the family and the rest yep. of the young people. Yep, exactly. And so you, we can't do it on our own. You as a squad leader are not your own. And so building deep friendships with the other people that are squad leaders is actually so powerful. That's let, a really good point, absolutely. babe. Le, le, let me leave a last lasting point. You leave the lasting point. You do the wrap-up. I think you did it last week. Okay. So, <laughs> so the incredible thing is is that we can't devalue the role a squad leader, mm. connect group leader, actually plays in the life of a youth ministry. Sometimes the praise yeah. and worship leaders get a lot of the focus. The the production team or the video or the... Insta- or the youth who, pastor. The youth pastor, the preacher. Mm. But let me tell you, the, mm. the, the impact that I've had, not just being a pastor, but the impact I had on those young people as a volunteer squad leader was equally as profound as actually preaching on a stage to 3,000 young people at a Youth Alive conference. I agree. And and the training, the thing was, the training was looking after those 25 young people. Yeah. When I was in my early 20s. Yes. Set you up for what you do now. Absolutely. Yeah. I agree, though. I think my favourite memories um, and some of the greatest impacts that I've had the the privilege of um, being a part of has been more from one-on-one or being in, uh, impacting someone in a small group, not being on a stage. Yeah, and, and, and th- the thing is that all those interactions, those encounters, those experiences, yeah. they all add up, and that's what's so phenomenal yeah. about youth ministry. And I think, like, the beautiful thing about, or amazing thing about even our youth ministry, because we've got really good, amazing youth pastors, shout out Shani and Sai, um, is they're not about themselves. They're actually not about themselves or getting that, you know, that next gig. Um, or what other youth ministries they're preaching in? They're actually all about that, that the young thinking people. Thinking and language isn't even in our vocabulary. It's not even in our vocab, but that's kind of unusual that it's not. I think I, I see that more and more. But I think we've got more and more youth pastors coming through that are just really genuinely about spending that time with their leaders and their young people, yeah. and building something amazing in their lives. So you God. had the last thought. I did. Oh, well done. <laughs> All right. Look, and look, we're nearly smack bang on 30 minutes, babe. So we've got 30 more seconds to waffle? Or should we I don't call know. Should we, should we, maybe they want to hear something like, I don't know, I could ask you a fun question. I don't know. 25 seconds. I can't think of anything. I'm not good under pressure. That's no, all good. That's good, babe. That was a really good one. Is that a good one? Yep. What should I... we talk about next week? I think you should come up with an idea. What about um, how to effectively communicate to young people? Oh, oh yeah, that'd be a good one. Mm, I can do more voice coaching. <laughs> you might get in trouble. <laughs> might get in trouble. Oh, no, I might stick up for the boys. All right. Oh, anyway, <laughs> we love you guys, and we'll be back with another episode next week. See you guys. Bye. Make sure you come and find me on social media, girlnextdoor.podcast.com.